Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer, owner and operator of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned into Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback in offensive football. Today we have our second guest, an awesome guest, somebody with a wealth of experience, Coach Jeff Stead. He has been a U-Sports head coach, offense coordinator, quarterback coach, uh, a member of the 07 Vanier Cup Manitoba Bisons team, um, has coached in the CJFL as an offense coordinator and quarterback coach, uh, been to many CFL training camps as a guest coach, uh, none other than Jeff Stead. Thanks, Coach, for being on. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Um, always a good day to sit here and talk some football, and especially quarterback position. And uh, especially, it's kind of it's unique for me because I get to I get to speak with somebody who I was fortunate enough to coach back in the day, and and who's made a good name for himself out there in Winnipeg, coaching cues. So yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. I appreciate that, Coach. Kind of get the blood flowing, get the day started. It's early morning here for us. Um, I'm a little crusty-eyed. Let's get uh, into our drive starter segment here. So, Coach, uh, in our online session on Tuesday, I was kind of talking about quick game with the quarterbacks, talking about in my offense that uh, I carry kind of some pick-a-side schemes in terms of the quick game. Uh, I also have a, a pure progression play that I really like. But you had made the mention of a contour read, and that really intrigued me. If you could get us going here today and maybe uh, show us what a contour read and kind of what associations kind of go with that? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually something that um, I've been running for for years, um, and what it allows you to do is um, basically look and scan the secondary. Okay, okay. Um, and what what you're looking for is you're looking for different levels. So again, this is a quick game uh, concept in terms of reading so if we look here and we look at the corner half sam half and corner they're all at about five to six yards off the ball right so to us that's that's levels okay so they're at even levels nobody's giving us an advantage nobody's giving us a disadvantage um what we now say for a contour read is for example if this corner is eight to nine yards off the ball and the halfbacks five yards off the ball or likely to or same to the field Okay, if the corner was off, okay, they're creating a different contour. So depending on the concept that you are running, okay, Mm -hmm. the contour is going to dictate a probably what side you're going to throw to. And then it's going to give you a key to which is going to be your initial read. So for example, if if I was to simply just draw up a concept where everybody was going to run hitches, Mm -hmm. okay, well, for my quarterback, it's pretty easy for me now to, to say, well, I'm probably going to work to the, the shorter throw, which is here to the boundary. Right. Okay. And because this corner is further off, I'm primarily now I'm going to look at number one week. Okay. As my read. And that's where I'm going to look initially. Now, don't get me wrong. As he looks out there, if this halfback takes off and it's a true cover three look, mm-hmm. well, my eyes are already there. It's easy for me to readjust and throw the ball inside. Right, like if that. this guy stays, then it's an easy throw to, to this fellow. I kind of would like to get into kind of your football story and, and for the people that know out there, uh, I'm fairly aware of your background, but if you could kind of give them your 
from, from growing up and playing ball and, and you know going through university and, and kind of just your story where you're at now and uh, fill everybody in with Jeff's dad. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, small town guy from Southern Alberta, Okotoks, Alberta. Um, grew up, uh, you know, playing everything except football because minor football didn't really exist um, where I was. And driving into Calgary to play a sport just kind of wasn't, you know, in the cards. Um, so I obviously played hockey and, and soccer and, and all the school sports and that type of stuff. And then um, I got into football in grade seven, tried out for my flag football team, uh, and uh, <laughs> ironically enough, got cut. And uh, and then the flag football team got canceled at our school. So it didn't even happen in grade eight and grade nine. Um, but I, I, I learned how to throw. I was kind of self-taught. Um, my grandpa, fortunately for me, um, lived on our farm and, and he was big into it and he helped me. Um, and then grade nine, I, uh, I met, a, uh, met a guy at an open house for our high school. And we only had one high school in town and Ray Watron was the head coach. Okay. Um, and Coach Watron, you know, was a big influence in my life, obviously, as time progressed. But uh, he, he took, he, he kind of took me under his wing. His son, um, actually went down and played at Utah State. So I got, I was fortunate enough that summer to train with Cal and, uh, and kind of start developing my quarterbacking skills and, and learn how to work out and all that type of stuff. So it was good. Um, played three years, obviously at uh, Foothills Composite High School, had tons of success. Um, went down and played at Bemidji State uh, in Minnesota, Division II school. Um, which was, you know, a good experience, beautiful country. Um, just didn't really work out in terms of, you know, everything in terms of the football and life and whatnot. And then ended up kind of researching, you know, what's around me. And directly north was this city called Winnipeg. And uh, Ron Lancaster Jr. was the uh, was the head coach there. So we took a trip up there, um, really enjoyed it and ended up, going there and playing, you know, the rest of my university career there. Uh, met some great guys that are, you know, friends today and um, got a chance to coach with. Um, Brian Doby ended up taking over the program my last two years. And as soon as I was done, he actually offered me an opportunity to, to stay on and coach. And that had always been a passion of mine, you know, sitting in university class, listening to a prof with great knowledge and I'm sitting there drawing football plays. Um, me too but yeah and it's just you know just kept my mind on something that you know i was passionate about right not that education isn't something you need to be passionate no, about but you have downtime and so anyways got an opportunity to do that coach receivers um with coach dice my first year there and then my second year uh, i took over the quarterbacks there right. and uh got to work with a great staff that you know was pretty young and we kind of grew up together and, and it was fun, and we had we had a little bit of success. And 2000, you know, in 2001, we we started getting into the national level. In 2001, we went to the Vanier Cup. Um, you know, we lost to St. Mary's. There was 13, 13 professional football players on, on that field. Two NFLers. It, it was it was probably one of the most talented group of athletes I've been around, uh, other than being at you know pro camps and whatnot. But then. Uh, then I took over as the OC uh, at Manitoba, still coaching quarterbacks. Um, we had 
a little bit of a transition from the Shane Munson years to, you know, John Hooten and, you know, some different guys coming through. And then, uh, and then we had a young kid, uh, kind of a little squirrely kid from Sexsmith, Alberta show up, Ryan Zahara. Right. And, uh, you know, I think he was number eight on our depth chart. <laughs> and, but things happened and, and whatnot. He ended up leading the nation in passing, yeah. taking us back into the playoffs. Uh, and we had recruited another fellow, uh, just a, a gunslinger out of Regina, uh, John Mackey. And um, so it was Ryan Zahara ended up graduating and uh, John Mackey took over in 06. And he basically, he ran the table. He had one loss in the two years I was fortunate enough to coach him. And that was in the Hardy Cup final in 06. Uh, and then we went undefeated in 07, you know, one there, which is great. Um, and then uh, we always said we're not going to leave Winnipeg until we win. So we won in 07. There was a job that came open at the University of Alberta, a little bit closer to home. Uh, took that job, was uh, the OC and quarterback coach here. And then uh, there was a change and I took over as the head coach for a couple of years here as well. And then spent, after a couple of years there, spent uh, four years coaching junior football with the Edmonton Wildcats. Um, got a chance to coach D-line my first year, which was a great experience. Uh, and then took over, took over as O-line, or sorry, as uh, OC and quarterback guy. Um, did that for four years, and, and now I'm coaching the West Edmonton Raiders, coaching my son and, right. and all his little buddies. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I found that it really suited our personnel and kind of where we were and how we stacked up against the, our opponents to give us a fighting chance. I'm interested in learning about kind of your no-huddle no philosophy. I know you were talking about uh, with your son's team that you guys are a no-huddle team. You're spread. You throw the ball all over the place, and you've got some different tempo settings. So I guess just to start, Coach, why do you like the no-huddle? Um, to be honest with you, it has nothing to do with uh, tempo. It actually has to do with how we structure practice and how we how we get kids to learn. Um, and so right now I'm, I'm coaching the Bantam level, but we did it in Pee Wee as well, whereas we don't have meeting time with right. these kids very often. Mm -hmm. So everything's taught and learnt, you know, digitally as well as on, on the field. So the more time you spent individually coaching a kid um, in a huddle, you could do verbally to everybody. So everybody would be able to visually and verbally um, be able to hear and see the play. Right. So what we decided to do is instead of huddling every time is we would just call, uh, we would signal to the quarterback. Okay. The kids would number one, see the signal. So they would visually start learning the signals. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, the quarterback seeing the signal would verbalize it out to everybody. And then we would be able to go. Um, and what we found was as soon as all of a sudden we would signal something in somebody to the quarterback, a bunch of kids would turn and get set. They wouldn't even wait. They didn't have to wait for the quarterback to call it out. They had already absorbed okay, the, the, the language, like I call it the sign language, right. um, before the verbal language. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we, we started doing it. And we haven't huddled for three years so both years in peewee and our first year in bantam we haven't huddled. okay so when we go into like what we call our cheetah yeah. okay it's it's a fast okay uh, as fast as we can possibly go with you know obviously the the officials allowing us to go as fast as we can and right. this is something that's very important you have to coach the officials mm -hmm. before the game right. and let them know that you know in this scenario 
we want to go as fast as we possibly can. Okay. So this is based on a set formation. Okay. And it's not multiple formations. We will be in one formation for all three or four plays. Yep. Okay. So the kids know to get right back to their landmarks and let's go. Okay. Um, the, the cadence, okay, is simply go cut. Okay. Yeah. So there's no cadence. Like it's that. going as fast as we can. Yeah. We minimize the waggle. So our waggles usually are set at eight yards. Okay. Yeah. Now our waggles are set at three yards. Okay. Okay. So as soon as the quarterback says go, they're gone. Okay. Um, and, and they're able to take off from there. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do is we, we want to run this after two scenarios. Okay. After a big play. So let's say our running back takes the ball and runs for 45 yards. Right. Okay. Well, the defense is scrambling. They're probably upset. Okay. And, you know, they're turning around looking at what happened, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then they're looking at their coaches trying to get instruction. Well, hey, let's go. Okay. And we will have something built in. It's a one word call. So first of all, we'll yell out cheetah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody knows we're in cheetah. Okay. Then we would call out just a word. Okay. And that word would be associated with a play. Okay. And we might keep these three, four plays for two or three games. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not something like it's uh, constantly changing, but the beauty of it is, we practice like this anyway. So if we say one word, the kids already know what the concept is. Right. Right. Um, and then we build it. So, okay, let's do it uh, on, on first and 10. So after a big play. Okay. But then there's also the other three that we do, you know, maybe it's after an incompletion or maybe it's after what I call disaster plays. Okay. Right. So a disaster play might be if we ran the ball for zero mm. or we threw a swing and it was like incomplete, but the ball got knocked out of bounds, like whatever it was. Yeah. Um, hey, let's go super fast because the other team's probably super excited that they had success and and we're focused. They're not focused. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's kind of where we get into our, our hyper stuff. Okay? okay. And again, we'll probably run that um, four times a game. That's it. Yeah. The segment's called Who Would You Rather start okay Okay. so so you're the oc and you get to choose between two quarterbacks that i'm going to give you i got a list of some cfl some nfl tried to kind of pair them up with uh like uh abilities and kind of time frame of when they played or 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 if they're playing right now and then i got a little special one for you at the end so uh just going to kind of be rapid fire are you ready to go coach okay let's do it you're buckled up all right, yeah. here, here we go. Okay. Who would you rather start, Ricky Ray or Anthony Calvillo? Anthony Calvillo, never tripped for an Eskimo. Fair enough. Ben Roethlisberger or Philip Rivers? Oh, Philip Rivers. I'm a Bengals fan. <laughs> Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Uh, he, yeah, Russell Wilson, he, he wins a lot. Yeah, he does. Okay, I, I already know the answer for this one. Bo Levi Mitchell or Mike Riley? <laughs> <laughs> Katie, Texas, Bull Levi. There you go. All right. How about this one? Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? Oh, that's a good one. Tom Brady. He's, he, yeah, Brady. He, he's a winner. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, throwing it back a little bit here to the 90s. 
CFL, Danny McManus and or Matt Dunnigan. Danny Mac. I love how fast he got rid of the ball. I love Danny Mac. All right. Brett Favre or Steve Young? Steve Young. Nice. Justin Herbert or Drew Locke? That's a new one. Uh, I don't know enough about Drew Locke, and I like that Herbert kid. Yeah, me too. All right. Damon Allen or Henry Burris? Oh, Smiling Hank. Played for the Stamps. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, I like Aaron Rodgers, but I like Aaron or Drew Brees too. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting both of them. Okay, fair enough. All right, so here we're gonna finish this off with this last one. I got a, I got an interesting one for you. All right, so <laughs> your stamps in the '90s, right? Yeah. You guys were blessed. You had a, a number of great quarterbacks, right? I, I'm just thinking oh. off the top of my head, uh, Danny Barrett, right? Early '90s, right? Then Doug Flutie, then Jeff Garcia. And then Dave Dickinson, right? Yeah. So and then Henry Burris. And then Henry Burris. So let's just let's just keep it with those four, right? Okay. Because I think Henry wasn't there till 2000 or plus. I'm not too sure about yeah. that, to be honest. Yeah. But if we just say 90, so you've got yeah. you got Danny Barrett, Doug Flutie, Garcia, and Dickinson. You're the OC. How are they stacked on your depth chart? Oh, okay. So I'm I'm coaching them, or am I a fan? No, you're coaching them. Oh, baby. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I think in terms of intangibles alone, right. and some people are going to totally disagree with this, yeah. but I'm Jeff Garcia is number one. I love Jeff okay. Garcia. Yeah. Um, number two, I think a close number two because of the intangibles is Doug Flutie. Right. Um, number three, again, intangible. Like all four of them were so similar. Mm -hmm. um, but... I was a big fan of Dave Dickinson and, and how cerebral he was, right. but he was also hyper athletic. Mm -hmm. And then Danny Barrett would be number four. However, Danny Barrett, like I could show you, like his jerseys in my house. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm a Danny Barrett fan, and oh, I actually got great. to guest coach with him. No way. Uh, yeah, when he was with the Lions and the Riders. So, oh, wow. uh, pretty fortunate with that. Uh, coach, I got kind of a story here to start, but. Uh... So way back when, 2003, uh, it's Labor Day weekend. It's it's the Monday of the Labor Day weekend. And uh, I was playing for the Rifles at the time. We had just played in Regina on the Saturday. Got kind of handled pretty good, but uh, I had a pretty good second half. Uh, nonetheless, at this, uh, we're, we're out at this function. It's a Coors Light function at Wise Guys Downtown. Okay, so it's, it's Rifles players. Uh, it's a lot of bison football players, some bison athletes, whatever. We're out there having a good time. I think the I think you guys had a big win on the weekend, and so you guys were celebrating. So it was it was a good time. We're all out there having fun, whatever. I uh, I, I meet this young lady that uh, is a bison athlete, and uh, we're having a good time. You know, kind of chumming it up, dancing on the floor, whatever. So in between, we're out grabbing a drink. One of uh, my best friends still to this day, somebody I wish I saw more, but when I do see him, it's always like old times. One of your guys, Simon Blaschek, he was uh, <laughs> he was the recipient of a couple touchdowns that I threw in the second half of this game in Regina. So he sees me chatting this girl up, and he comes along, and he's you know he's trying to help me out essentially, and he's like you know he's talking to her, he's like, did you know the geese threw for like 392 yards in the game and threw me a couple touchdowns? And she kind of pauses and smiles, and she's like, yeah, but uh, didn't the guy in Regina throw for, like, 500? 
just <laughs> roasts me. So that QB that was in Regina was your boy, John Mackey. What was it about John in that 07 season, kind of his stuff that kind of got it done? He was, uh, John's a character. John is, uh, well, n number one, John is just, he's a, he's a salt of the earth person. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, and his family was outstanding. Like his mom and dad were at every single game function that they could be at. Um, so it, it really became like a, a family thing. Um, like, I, and I'll kind of work backwards. I remember, you know, we won the Vanier cup the day before we fly back and then we're sitting down in, in my living room, you know, with John Mackey and his parents watching the great cup. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, but John had a, had an it factor and, and you got to understand who John had to deal with. John had characters on that team. So John had a mentor in, in Ryan Zahara, who I mentioned earlier, right. um, that really helped him like learn how to watch film, learn how to study, learn how to, you know, prepare. Cause John didn't really know that. Like you said, John would just go out there and sling the ball yeah. for, you know, 60 attempts and 500, 600 yards. He always wanted to be perfect, which I, which I loved about him. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, if we did something in practice and, you know, we're working on, for example, a, a bolt route with the X's and he's struggling with it, he's going to stay and he's going to gravitate people to him, stay, work on it later. And he did the things kind of behind the scenes to help him get better, um, which was great. And John never shied away from hanging out with his teammates. Like he was front and center. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, that translated to on the field. And as the season kind of rolled on, he, he started to start believing in himself and having a little bit more success. And we had a great relationship. You know, there was Nate Friesen, Eugene Pacheco. Yeah. Like, that was a good crew. Like, those guys really – Kevin Hayes was there. Mm -hmm. um, it was a real good, tight uh, quarterback room, and I loved it. And then we go to the Vanier Cup. So the Vanier Cup week was pretty cool because um, – we learned a lot from 2001 as a staff mm -hmm. uh, about how to prepare and, and all that type of stuff. Um, so we go in there and it's all business. And I remember being at practice one night at uh, BMO field and it was a beautiful night and we are having the, like, I wish we could have played that night. John couldn't miss. Um, the guys are having a ton of fun. And we get into the game and uh, John, his first throw Oh, he throws a beautiful corner. Don't connect on it. Yep. And uh, and I was like, oh. And John had that look on his face like, nope, nope, not now. You do not drop that ball now. And like, But he doesn't he, – he did it to me. Okay. He would never do it to a player. Okay. Um, and then we started rolling, and we were able to run the ball, a little play action. And John pulled the ball and actually had a guy wide open in the end zone mm -hmm. and decided, no, I'm taking this ball. He takes off from both the five yard line and dives right. and just, and all I remember is hearing him scream while he's diving uh -oh. and he, yeah, he gets the pylon scores, you know, uh, that pitcher's up actually in, in my room, you know, of the guys hoisting him up with the ball after he scored. And, and right then and there, I'm like, this game's over. Yeah. You know, John had kind of like come full circle. He'd taken over. And, and it was just like something like that that he needed to do, not throw a 70-yard touchdown like he did later in the game to Gronick and mm -hmm. all this stuff, but that was something he had to do. The guy is super smart, so I know you spent a lot of time with him, working with him. Um, you know, what, what did you take away from working with Stu Eaton? 
Oh, well, first of all, he looks just like the mayor on Spin City. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, Heats was, uh, he was a, a big, a big influence in, in my coaching. Um, and it wasn't so much X's and O's with Heats. It was how he handled uh, people. Mm-hmm. And his ability to create relationships and coach them uh, all uh, as individuals, um, to, depending on like, well, you know, their talent or their demeanor or, you know, whatever it was, he really connected with people on a personal level, right. which kind of broke down that barrier, that player coach barrier and let the players get, you know, closer to him or vice versa. And, and that made a big difference, especially, you know, we were talking about that 07 group, mm-hmm. just so many different characters. This is the last drive segment of the show. Okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario here, Coach. Okay, you've got yep. the ball. You're under two minutes on the clock. You're on your own 40. It's second and eight. You're in the middle of the field. You yep. need this first down. Okay? Yep. You're down four points in the game, so you got to go score a tug. Okay? Yep. What play are you calling in your offense right now, Coach? Can you show us? One of the plays that I know that we've been really comfortable with uh, – the, the receivers are, the quarterbacks are, um, is a concept we call bank, okay? okay. And, and we usually either roll to it or we, we pull the ball off zone read uh, okay. on this. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a simple read for the quarterback because it's a low defender read. Mm-hmm. So uh, if the defender, for example, like the corner, if the corner wants to come down on the bang route, okay, now we got our corner route behind it. Right. Um, if the corner wants to go high, okay, then we can throw our bang rope. And usually when we throw our bang rope, it's it's a six-yard catch. Okay. But we've outflanked them. So, you know, usually we have an opportunity to go. And if for some reason something breaks down, mm-hmm. okay, we always got the, our dump in our face. But for us, it's, it's, it's a great concept. You can run it to the field, to the boundary, um, you know, and, uh, and, and it's simple for the quarterback. Which then, what? Who is your favorite QB of all time? Uh, it, it, it's probably my first favorite quarterback of all time, which was uh, Danny Barrett. Okay. Um, so Danny Barrett uh, played, came into the league with the Stampeders as a receiver, went to Toronto as a receiver, came back to Calgary uh, as a quarterback. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And uh, and he ended up kind of getting Calgary on the map again. Yeah. Um, he was fortunate enough to have John Huffnagel as his OC. Right. So that was the revolutionary times. And, uh, you know, he had the big play against Edmonton to Pee Wee Smith, took us to the, the Great Cup, you know, that. which they lost to uh, Rocket Ismail and yeah. Argos. But yeah. um, I was lucky enough, you know, <clears throat> as a kid, I emulated that play over and over and over again, rolling to my left, signaling somebody deep, mm-hmm. throwing the ball. Okay. And uh, and then uh, when I started coaching, I literally called him, and he was coaching receivers in BC. And I said, hey, uh, can I come out and hang out with you, like guest coach with you? And I, yeah. and I got to go spend a week with him out in BC. Wow. And then when he was the head coach with the Riders, mm-hmm. uh, I got to go and spend a training camp with him too there. Now he's down south at UCF coaching. and. Right. Uh, doing a great job down there. So he, he was my, you know, I guess your first guy, Yeah. you know, you know, so it's always stuck. That's awesome.
Well, thanks again, Coach Stead, for being on here today with me. It was awesome, and I really appreciate it. You take care. Bye.